0: Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the Backstage Show.
1: So, this week on the Backstage Show, we will be discussing community theater. Evolution or evolution,
0: evolution,
1: not evolution. Yes. <laughs> well, we assume it's being done for the forces of good, or because of the forces of good. Although, I guess sometimes it's done for the forces of because of the forces of evil. For the evils. to make sure your yes, to make sure your theater doesn't go away.
0: Right. Yeah. I think the uh, underlying premise of this episode will be the idea of evolve or die. Mm -hmm. meaning that we're talking about evolution for the purposes of survival of a particular theater.
1: Right. Well, of any theater, really, because, well, as you said, evolve or die, if you don't change with the times and change to suit your audience, to suit your members, to suit everything we're going to discuss, then you very may well
0: no longer exist. Right. But what that means for one theater versus another could be slightly different depending on the circumstances.
1: Yeah, I mean as we've discussed before, every theater is a little bit different and and how they might evolve is a little bit different. I you know, and what evolution consists of also might be different from location to location.
0: Right, there's elements of the history of the theater of what they have established their reputation to be. From the interviews that we've done, we know that Different theaters have kind of found their own niches or styles or audience, Mm. as it were. So the circumstances could be completely different for every theater. There's no one way about it, necessarily.
1: Theaters kind of tend to specialize, I guess, to a certain extent so that they're more known for doing certain types of shows, or known for doing a large variety of shows, for that matter. Right. But it might be that... Over time, you might need to change the structure of your season if you find that you know, the number of shows, the types of shows that you're doing aren't really working anymore.
0: Well, you may have limitations on what you can change, obviously. For example, we've talked about some theaters that are not set up to, say, do shows over the winter because they don't have sufficient heating.
1: Or theaters that just aren't set up to do musicals due to size or, sure. or things like that.
0: Right. So there, there's going to be different limitations for everybody that just have to be worked around to the extent that they can be.
1: Yeah. I also think there are some theaters that have their general structure written into the bylaws to some extent.
0: That could be. And then it becomes a matter of, okay, well, this is the way we've always done things. This mm-hmm. is the way we should continue to do things. Well, okay, if we do that, then this might happen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you have to know what the risks are of changing or of not changing.
0: Yeah, and it is a risk either way, really. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, theater business is, in a sense, a risky business because, particularly with community theaters, you're dealing with budgets that have to be met right, if even you want to keep your space. Or, even if
0: it's a non-profit organization, you still have to meet operating expenses of some type. Yeah. You're still going to have facilities, whether you're paying rent or whether you have... Own a space, affording to pay utilities, or if there's a mortgage on the place, possibly, maybe not, mm-hmm. but just even general utilities or taxes or what have you. Well, maybe not taxes for nonprofit. I don't know how that works exactly with real estate taxes, but <laughs> some kind of expenses.
1: Yes. I think even with nonprofits, I think real estate taxes are still required. I know it's still required to file taxes. I think it's just that there's certain exemptions. Sales tax, I think, is an okay. exemption. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember I, that I guess, from
0: purchasing things, and I think mm-hmm. uh, in some cases having a special credit card or an ID number.
1: Yeah, they, have, they usually have a, a nonprofit 401c number.
0: Mm-hmm. 401c? 501c? 401k. 501c, maybe.
1: <laughs> it's 501c, 401k. <laughs> <I think that's laughs> they have a good goes. retirement plan <laughs> if you join
0: community theater. Nobody really likes this.
1: We need to get a treasurer on here and start talking about finances of theater. We could certainly dedicate an episode to that.
0: That's a good idea. I've never served as a treasurer, so we'll no, have to find have somebody to uh, see if they can come on the show to do, talk about that.
1: That can be a little intimidating, I think. <laughs> but it is important. But anyway, we're going off on a tangent again. No. <laughs> what <laughs> but, are uh, you yeah. talking about? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What are we talking about? We're talking about types of show, types of season structure things like that and and I guess you know one of the questions is how consistent is your structure to begin with can you evolve from year to year without people going hey how come you're not doing this type of show anymore
0: yeah i think a lot of theaters have established a fairly regular pattern of how their seasons are structured mm-hmm. whether they think that whether that came about just historically that they found that that works the best for them and their yeah. audience or just that it's become the thing well that's what we always do
1: Right, <laughs> which again, as we've said, is not necessarily a good thing. But I mean, you're dealing with different types of shows, really, when you come to, when it comes down to it. And some theaters stick to these, some kind of mix it up. But you've got like your musicals versus your non-musicals, your chestnuts versus your artistic stretches, right? Your right. known shows versus unknown, and mm-hmm. that can come into authors as well. And I think. I think the majority of theaters like to mix it up and and have a little bit of everything in there to kind of appeal, to try to appeal to everyone.
0: Sure, yeah. And I guess, personally, I would find that most appealing for theater to do that, to have the variety. Because I think no matter what, if you are able to put together a whole season that, you know, everybody loves every show, that's got to be pretty difficult. I mean, it can can be done, I, I suppose, but I think you maybe stand the chance of broadening your audience to some degree if you expand to different areas and not necessarily look for every show to be its own crowd pleaser. Am I making any mm. sense right now or am I babbling? But you, yeah, have, I understand. you have ways to branch out if you are willing to accommodate more variety, if you can afford to accommodate more variety in your season.
1: Yeah. I, I do think That's why most places do that. But at the same time, you're also trying to sell a season ticket package, or at least most places are doing that, where that makes it a little more tricky. And some places I've noticed lately, you know, here's an evolution point that they're selling partial seasons where, like, if they have a six-show season, they might sell a four-show package for a lower price point.
0: And I think that could be a good idea in certain cases because I I just personally think it would be really hard— To put a season together that, you know, every season ticket holder is going to really be into going to see every show. And to be able to do that consistently year after year after year after year.
1: You can't entertain all of the people all of the time.
0: Something like that. (laughs) Well, it just seems like it would be difficult to do that.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I might be,
0: as somebody who has been involved with theater, maybe I would be more open to possibly seeing some shows that might not be so much my thing or style sometimes. But Mm -hmm. if I were more just a patron, would I be as willing
1: to do that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the question. So in addition to your season structure and your show type and that sort of thing, the other thing that might evolve over time is your physical location. We have interviewed several theaters that have kind of moved around a lot before settling into their current space
0: Yeah in their earlier years number of theaters that we have um, interviewed people that represent they in their formative years they bounced around a bit out of necessity until they found a home were able to settle into a place
1: mm-hmm. and
0: become established and make that their long-term permanent home which I think for most theaters that's generally a goal, a desirable yeah. thing for them to have that stability.
1: It certainly does have an advantage. Uh, And I do think that uh, purchasing a location over renting a location also has advantages because when you're renting a location, as we've seen happen before, they might stop renting it to you. They might be renting it to multiple groups and say, you know what, we're actually going to go with just this group now. We saw it most recently happen with uh, King of Prussia players. Yeah, uh,
0: I think with the and I won't name names, but I guess the retirement community that has been kind of connected to several, at least a couple different Mm -hmm. community theater groups in the area that has changed a little bit over time as different relationships have kind of evolved. Uh, And that ended up probably creating sort of a competition environment in a way.
1: Yeah, I suppose it did. I mean, I hadn't seen shows that had been done there because their space was very, well, I don't know that it was large. It was a very good space. I did see the space at one point because I was supposed to design a set there, but it's mostly tuned to musicals. And yeah, I don't even know, if, did they even do non-musicals there?
0: I have no idea what is being done now, but uh, mm. yeah, it's it's a large auditorium type of a space. Very, very nice equipment. Very good setup. Yes. Uh, with the only downside being very little off stage wing space. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I could see <laughs> that it's kind of more... It's set up to be not so much of an intimate space. It's set up to be more of a, yeah, probably like a larger production mm-hmm. yeah, space, so... which you tend to think more musical, I guess, in that case.
1: Right. So I guess they just had several different groups in there doing musicals. And I think they had some that were they were just like doing a couple of performances of something. I think the barn might have worked with them at one point. Mm-hmm. Did methacten work with them? Maybe. I, th- I don't I think so. Regardless, King of Prussia Players essentially is now suspended because they had their space yanked out from under them.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've, I haven't really kept up with the uh, latest developments.
1: Yeah, they, they are, at this point, they are still an organization, but they are no longer doing shows. Okay. I think they're kind of trying to stay alive in case they manage to work back up to that point again. But, okay. yeah, they are essentially a defunct theater now.
0: Wow. And... Methactin was in a similar situation a, a little over a decade ago. I have mentioned right. before I was supposed to have been in a production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest for Methactin. But mm-hmm. that was another situation where the performance space that they had available to them at the time got revoked. Yep. Uh, not necessarily just from them specifically, but just from anybody who was using that space because the space was sold property transactions. So right. we didn't get to do that show. They had to suspend operations and then find some other place to do shows and i believe over time they've you know somewhat migrated from place to place i i've lost track a little bit as far as where their regular spaces are these days i guess Mm -hmm. the space we talked about earlier is maybe one of them at this point but yeah that that's the big risk for if you don't have your own space if but it's difficult to get your own space because you have to be able to raise the money and
1: Exactly, and find a space find and suitable a and usually renovated and all sorts yeah. of stuff. But I mean, we see this happen all the time where theaters lose their spaces. Marple Newtown Players is another one, which is currently, uh, I think they changed their name to Spotlight Theater, used to be in a community center. And that community center, I don't know if it closed or they kicked them out or whatever, and they ended up moving to a church nearby. So it happens a lot, which is why you see theaters that have their own spaces even particularly if they're paid off, if they're not currently mortgaged, despite the upkeep that's necessary, and sometimes it's a ton of upkeep, and yeah, you're pouring a lot of money into this place. Yeah, we're
0: talking about old buildings here.
1: Yeah, most often it is older buildings that have been refitted, renovated, and whatnot to accommodate a community theater. But despite all the money that has to continue to go into that, they're not looking to move out of there unless they have to. Most places don't look to move once they're settled into their own space that they own.
0: Sure, yeah. Uh, granted, there's going to be ongoing costs of renovations, maintenance upkeep, mm-hmm. uh, upgrading of systems, but that probably is preferable to picking up and leaving and going somewhere else.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: it so just that's unfortunately the... takes time in some cases or maybe special donation campaigns and what have you to raise the money to keep that going. Mm-hmm. And a lot of theaters or... have to depend on, you know, Raffles, any other donations, 50-50 tickets, uh, all sorts of things like that to be able to raise those funds.
1: And sometimes it's just necessary renovations like the barn redoing their lobby, looking to, you know, they've redone their roof and all things like that. Barley Sheaf just had to redo the interior attic roof because that was plaster was literally falling down into the uh, props and costumes and stuff. So Mm. they had to raise money to do that. They've had to replace their air conditioner. All mm-hmm. sorts of stuff like this happens. Pretty much anything that you've got to deal with with a home, you're going to have to deal with with any building. Sure. And sometimes with these theaters, as you said, they're older buildings, so they require more maintenance.
0: Right there, and systems are not as efficient, perhaps, or mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature. So it's it's costly. It adds up definitely. It does. Um, so there's your
1: building, and there's your season. What about your your audience changing?
0: Well, <laughs> it's inevitable. I mean, mm-hmm. you may have an established base of regular theater uh, theater goers over decades, even, and you know, eventually, circumstances are going to change. These people might not be able to make it out anymore. Yeah, people get old, unfortunately. It's yeah. the way that, that's that's life. But um, and over time, taste can change.
1: And I do think that there's a large percentage of the community theater audience that's elderly.
0: Yeah, I would say in my experience and the shows I've been involved with, that has generally been true. Mm -hmm. I would say, though, that maybe in more recent years, I would characterize it more often than not as kind of a mixture.
1: I do think part of that is just due to community theaters making the effort to evolve and to bring in the younger audience members i think over time it has paid off
0: yeah certainly family connections help yeah people connected to people who are involved in the production and just bringing in new faces and getting them interested
1: yeah agreed
0: you have to do that it's you know th- these are going to be potentially your future season ticket holders maybe somehow right
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do think that that's what you you need to bring in those new people. And whether that's through the people in your show or by other means, if you don't continue to bring in any of that, if you don't continue to bring in fresh audience, eventually, I mean, not to be blunt about it, but eventually your current audience is going to die off (laughs) as loyal as they may be. If it's the the same people coming year after year, eventually they're just not going to come anymore.
0: Right. You have to continue to cultivate. A local interest in seeing live yeah. theater somehow, whatever whatever that takes, really, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, publicity and that kind of thing is very important, and that's something we certainly should dedicate an episode to, because without the publicity, without getting the word out there, your theater is going to die.
0: Yeah, and theaters have to kind of resort to whatever means that they can to do that. I mean, Village Players of Hatboro, for instance, has gotten involved when. You know, the borough of Hatboro does, say, you know, kind of uh, community events along the main street. They get out there and kind of get their name out there and make people aware of it. People who maybe don't even realize that there's a theater and kind of buried in some neighborhood on a side street that they might not visit very often. So they have to kind of get their faces out there.
1: Barley Sheaf has the same sort of thing with uh, Euclid Community Day, okay. which is the, yeah. the local township community day. They have like you know a, a table set up, or they're giving out their season brochures and whatnot, and they're always looking for people to man that and uh, mm-hmm. and help get the word out.
0: Yeah, I, I think probably some theaters may have it a little bit easier than others. I suspect uh, Playcrafters of Skip Back, for instance, the fact that they are located right off Practically the main street that is right. a lot of heavy traffic, visitors, uh, shopping, traffic, all that kind of stuff. They're Stage really stagecrafters is the same way. In, uh, oh yeah, uh, Chestnut, Chestnut Hill. Hill. Yeah, I was yep. just uh, in that area a couple weeks ago. They're really optimally suited to kind of get their brand out there and make people mm-hmm. aware that hey, we're here. This is what we do. Come check this out. Right. But not every theater is is fortunate to be in that position. They have to create awareness.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've even got like a situation where Phoenixville, which has seen a great renaissance lately, has this great downtown area and a main street going right through that. And they have Forge Theater is in Phoenixville. However, but it's a couple blocks away from it's a couple blocks away in the middle of a residential street. Right. Actually even set back from the street. Yeah. You wouldn't know to find
0: it there if you weren't looking for it.
1: Right. Exactly. And, And you have to get those people looking for you.
0: Right. So wherever you are will kind of dictate how much effort that may take, but...
1: Yeah. And and how you're going to do that as well. Like Forge could arrange for these businesses on their main street to put in a flyer or something like that mm-hmm. in their window, and that would actually help, could help tremendously, that sort of thing. But again, that comes down to publicity. Yeah. Spreading the word. Yep.
0: As it were. You've got
1: your, you got your audience that you got to keep in there. And the other thing you have to also maintain... That is a great source of revenue for the theater and actually ensures that the shows are going to continue being done, and that's your membership.
0: Yeah, you've got to get people coming in to be involved and help out or be in the shows or work backstage or wherever, any of these areas that need people.
1: Yeah, Um, and that's the kind of thing where you have to be open and friendly and welcoming to new members.
0: Sure. We've talked about in the past about having auditions, for instance— where it's usually a good thing to make it well-established that the the theater is welcoming of newcomers, that you're Mm -hmm. not necessarily looking for seasoned veterans, and you want to encourage people who are potentially interested in getting involved in any way, in some way, to just come on out and check this out. This is sort of an open invitation.
1: Yeah, and whether they've been members of other theaters and have experience in theater or whether they're completely new to it, either way, bringing in new members, it doesn't matter whether they're established theater amateurs. (laughs) (laughs) For lack of a better word. Established amateurs. Whether they're established theater amateurs or they're complete newcomers, they're still going to be paying that same membership fee and hopefully chipping in the same way.
0: Yeah, and it could be, you know, if you're, say, looking for new blood, as it were, you've got maybe kids in high school who have an Mm -hmm. interest in the arts and in theater and they might need an outlet to go to after they graduate high school or maybe yeah. after they've just graduated college and are moving back home or moving to a new area for a job or anything like that. And this is, it certainly was for me, that this is the the outlet that if you want to continue doing theater out of yeah. school or after school, then come here. That's what yeah, we do. Absolutely. Get them while they're young. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Even if they're still in high school or even before that, youth shows that a lot of theaters do are a great way to bring in new members. And some of them stick around for a really long time. Some of them might be going to college locally and might continue to work at the theater while they're there. And some of them
0: are really young. Maybe they're nine or 10 years old. And kind of. this is one of their first major stage productions, let's say. I know we, we've talked about the bar, and they they kind of specialize, for instance, in having a, a youth production of some type, and the, the age range kinds yep. of kind of varies depending on the needs of the show, perhaps. But that's the opening for your potential future membership.
1: Yeah, Barley Sheaf does uh, two different youth productions during the year. They actually have a kids show and a teen show.
0: Okay, I guess so.
1: so and, and they even have is. teen representatives on the board, so they are very well established as far as bringing the youth of the community in Mm -hmm. and giving them something to do. And, I mean, they get, like, 50 people, 50 kids auditioning for a single show. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. And they try to cast as many people as they can, so... They might end up with a fifty-person cast on a kids' show. Yeah, just you to, could you know, have you're bringing in all those new members. Twenty uh, or
0: extras as chorus, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's a music, and they might,
1: you know, the the younger kids might not be sticking around for a while. But some of the younger kids stick around and they become teen members. And as I just said, the the teens are represented on the board, and they are a very strong part of Barley Sheaf. I don't believe that they're voting members. I think only the adults are voting members. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the uh, annual banquet at Barley Sheaf, it's like There's at least a quarter of the people there are teens, and the teens do their own like little presentation every year, and they have their own awards. Like the prom all over again. It kind of is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's that's a great way to just bring in a new membership base, and their parents often get involved as well. You usually need like some sort of parent representative, particularly for the uh, younger kids.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of special rules associated with having children. Oh, involved they have in to have, have clearances. You've sure. touched on that, I think, in other yeah, episodes. Yeah. But if everybody's willing to be on board with that, it, it can be a great opportunity for these uh, kids and teens to get involved Absolutely. and then potentially, you know, be the future membership of the theater. Maybe. Right. But it, it's yeah. not just... We don't want, we don't want to say that this is a, a young person's game exclusively. I mean, no. you have to... Really, kind of find ways to reach out to anybody. yeah, just like right. with
1: your audience, you need a diverse membership as well and all ages, you know, a- anything you can get in there mm-hmm. is a good thing. you know the the youth obviously are the future, but the you impressionable still need your ones. present. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that kind of covers evolution of your theater and how things might change. but I guess the bottom line is you've got reasons for changing. And perhaps you've got reasons for staying the same, too. You know, reasons for your evolution, as we've touched on, I think that the big two are uh, maintaining and increasing your audience and your membership. Yeah. Because you need the
0: people. It's going to be this push-pull thing, I think, about as I think about yeah. it. You're going to have the forces of kind of, you know, maintaining the audience that you have and keeping them interested right. and keeping them coming back versus the pull of... Planning for the future audiences and starting to get their interest and
1: yep balancing and I think that, that out kind of, I think
0: is going to be the the evolution the evolutionary path whether you go kind of too far in one direction or the other can make it less successful I think in the long run but balancing yeah. it
1: and, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons not to evolve is you don't want to risk alienating these people you you don't want to alienate the people that are already there while you still need to keep up and change to bring in new people so yeah it's a balance it's a push and a pull to get that right amount of change yeah and i think that's just
0: really challenging to do because think about it this is almost kind of like a sports team you got to do this year after year after year yeah and you might have some misses one year Mm -hmm. um you kind of have to in that case sort of you know Recover the losses or mitigate the losses somehow, but eventually, if you end up having more misses than hits, then then you got a bigger problem.
1: Right, and I think that's kind of what it comes down to. And that's also with like the uh, location thing: is you might be looking for a better location, but maybe your better location's not better. Maybe you were better off where you were. Grass is so always greener. It, right. It's it's just this: you've got to keep up with things, but you can't you can't it's balancing the risks with the benefits
0: yeah it's exactly right i I just i think what i was trying to say earlier is that it's just so hard to kind of come up with if i may borrow a title from a show come up with a championship season year after year after year Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know something's gonna fail along the way probably or else you're probably not doing it right (laughs) (laughs)
1: And I think that's the reason that you've got multiple shows in a season, so that you can afford to have one or two fail as long as the others are successful.
0: Right, right. And I think that goes back to that mindset of, you know, the idea of season ticket holders or getting the interest of somebody who wants to see every show may not Mm -hmm. be realistic.
1: Yeah. I think part of the sense of evolution is just seeing what succeeds and what fails. Yeah working your way towards success as best you can. You know, evolving isn't always changing. Evolving can mean staying the same. It's just a matter of, you know, as we said at the top, you have to evolve or die because if you don't keep on top of this, then your theater is not going to be successful. If it's a matter of keeping the same year after year, and that's how you evolve then that's what you do. But you need to know whether or not you need to change to, to the, evolve. Yeah,
0: to the extent that that works, because I think you also run the risk of eventually people are going to lose interest. Yeah. whether And not just necessarily audience. It could also be your talent.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, yeah, oh, it's we're the, doing the audience and the membership. this kind of show again this year. Great. Well, I was in this kind of show the last three or four seasons. I think <laughs> I've had enough.
1: I guess what it comes down to— The bottom line is that we don't entirely know the answers, and you can't know the answers. It's just trial and error.
0: It kind of is, but you—the powers that be, I guess, of a particular theater have to kind of judiciously have their fingers on the pulse of, you know, what people are responding well to and maybe where they can find opportunities to try kind of a calculated risk. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's
1: how you evolve.
0: Yep. (laughs) Or like maybe you were alluding to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) So that pretty much wraps it up. Next week, we'll be uh, discussing production feedback.
0: Like high-pitched shrilling noises?
1: Yes, that's what we're going to be talking about.
0: Oh boy, I'm going to (laughs) have to do a lot of preparation for that
1: one. Well, you are the audio expert. Yeah. So if you have any comments or questions or episode ideas you can always contact us by visiting our website, backstage.link, and clicking on Contact the Show. Yes, and we
0: also still have that phone number that you can leave a voicemail or text message on by calling 267-225-8869. Again, that number is
1: 267-225-8869. And if you've enjoyed this episode or you enjoy this show, please subscribe if you haven't already. We're available on all the major platforms. Uh, Leave us a review. Tell a friend.
0: We're popular at all the major parties. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. So
1: until until next week's feedback, um, you can find us backstage. Bye-bye. Arm for record. (laughs) Is this Pirate Radio podcast? Yes. We're changing the topic that I forgot to tell you. today
0: we'll talk about plundering.
1: (laughs) In next week's episode, Booty. (laughs) Oh, you'll have to have the Skype end online.
0: That's fine. (laughs) We've we've gone to air with it now, it's a thing.
1: Alright, I think I can start this. Um, Record, okay. Am I going? I am going, okay. Uh,
0: I gotta sign up for Deezer. Is there a free Deezer? I don't know. How I, don't,
1: I, I didn't even look into it. I, I, I never heard of it except oh, that... Oh, yeah.
0: There's Deezer Premium and Deezer Free. Water free. Deezer Free. Not those, D's. Deezer Free. Water
1: free. I don't know. Third base! Built it to DuckDuckGo. I just ducked it. <laughs> duck it. you don't want speech recognition. Does that Probably. mean
0: we hear Glenn's part as a robot? Or another voice?
1: Hello. I am Glenn. <laughs> And welcome to the Backstage Show. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I should just remember I'm odd. (laughs) (laughs) You are odd. (laughs) Now I'm even. I'm odd, so you have to get
0: even. Hi, I'm Ernie. And I'm Bart, and welcome to the Backstage Show. (laughs) Ernie!
1: (laughs) Reach for the sky. (laughs) To infinity and beyond! wasn't sure you'd get that reference. I got that <laughs> reference. You know... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I did so week episode yet. Sorry. Yes. You're done?
0: Yes. Okay. And... Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought now. But... Hang on. Yeah, okay, I got it now. Uh, that was the cat's tail hitting the microphone stand. Uh. <laughs> Or like you were maybe leaving too, if it don't yeah. My secret is out! Don't you hate pants?